This is episode 136 with Tommy Breedlove. Welcome to the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. I am your host, Ryan McGuire. And if you are in pursuit of your own happiness, this is the podcast for you. Join me along my own journey in finding happiness as I cover topics such as health, wellness, mindset, travel, adventure, dating, relationships, and so much more as I interview some of the most passionate and successful people in the world. And you're all in for a treat on this one with Tommy Breedlove. I am super, super excited to bring you this episode. This was absolutely unforgettable for me, and I know it will be for you. Tommy is a best-selling author of the book Legendary. He's also a mindset coach and a motivational speaker, and you're about to find out why. I don't want to give away too much of the story, but I think it's fair to say that he was somebody that really hit rock bottom. He talks about growing up in his childhood and how rough it was. He was actually incarcerated for two years. We talk about his jail time, and that's not even the half of it. Soon after he got out of jail, he found his way to success, or what he thought was success, was completely unhappy, actually depressed. So depressed that he found himself in a ditch the moment that changed his life forever. I don't want to give it away. You'll have to listen to the story from him. He can obviously tell it way better than I ever could, but it's truly inspiring. You have to hear this, and it's pretty clear why he's a motivational speaker. He inspires so many people. Tommy is also the founder of the Legendary Life Movement. It's a movement that empowers driven people to be pros in leadership, business, mindset, and their relationships. And yep, we touch on all of them during this episode. As you're about to find out, Tommy's just a really cool dude. He's just a great guy. I really loved this conversation. He is certainly welcome back anytime. And if you're on your pursuit of happiness like I am, this is a perfect episode for you. Please follow Tommy as well. All of his contact information and his book is in the show notes. So just scroll down, follow him. He is worth the follow, I promise. Also, take a moment to share this episode with your friends and family or all episodes of the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Follow, subscribe, and also follow me on Instagram at the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. But without further ado, here is the legendary man himself, Tommy Breedlove. Ryan, how are you, man? Tommy Breedlove, the legendary man himself. Welcome. <laughs> Aspiring legend. <laughs> Aspiring legend. Oh, that's amazing. I have a lot of questions, obviously, in general, but uh, a few questions based on be legendary. Are you familiar with Thomas Tull? No, but I think you're the second person that's asked me that in less than a week. Uh, for real? Okay, I'm Thomas Tull. So he's um someone that actually grew up in my area of upstate New York. I live in Nor- uh, Raleigh, North Carolina now, but he grew okay. up in upstate New York. He owns legendary pictures. And oh, you're uh, the second person that's told me that in less than a week. Really? Yes. That's hilarious. Yes. 
Yeah, he grew up in Endwell, Endwell, New York. If you Google like Endwell, New York, and he sold then it for like at, a trillion dollars or something like that. Oh, he's he's worth uh, a fortune. And um, the kids from the Little League World Series, like six or seven years ago, won the Little League World Series. So he made them all shirts be legendary. So when I saw your book title, I was like, it reminded me of be legendary. It's so funny you say that. Um, one of my corporate clients, I'm working with one of their executives, Sean Andreas. He is Mr. Pittsburgh, man. I've never seen anyone more Pittsburgh in his life. And he was yeah. asking me the same question. I've heard of this toll. He had legendary films, which was like 300, right? And, yep. Or something like that. The Dark Knight, uh, all those. Dark and so Pittsburgh, they filmed The Dark Knight Rises in Pittsburgh. Then they blow up the field. Yep. Or something like that. That's what he was telling. I swear to you, <laughs> less than a week ago, I was having this conversation. So maybe this guy, Toll, and I are... <laughs> destined to be buddies that'd be amazing make that'd it be happen super cool make so that I see all your sports stuff Who's, yeah. is the broncos your team the giants your team duke your uh, team all the above uh, not so much the giants that's more of uh pay i pay homage to my grandfather the broncos are unfortunately my team after last yeah. year duke is my team for college basketball i've got the orioles here i'm finally proud to say the orioles are my team it's been forever I hope we're and, destined to beat, brother, because I'm a I'm a big Braves fan. Well, it's funny you say that too. This is great. So I was just in Atlanta a week ago. Oh um, man, yeah, I took my dad there for his uh, Father's Day gift to go see the Dolphins show at the aquarium, and then we're like, hey, we have um, all night. Let's let's go to a Braves game. So we went to the Braves Giants game last week and went to the battery and what a beautiful beautiful area i was like this and then the braves were they were loud i was like all right they're they're i mean they're great but they're really into this what a yeah great the braves are our bar none our favorite so i'm an atlanta uh boy so i'm a homer so i'm from the city of atlanta i grew up right by the airport and so i love the falcons i love the braves mm -hmm. i love the hawks uh the united also went to school at Georgia. So, oh, nice. Um, so I'm a homer, but by far the city bar none supports the Braves the most. Bar yeah. none. Yeah. It, you can it's tell. not even a second close. And the problem with, I think what makes that so too is Atlanta is a very transient city. So let's say the Pittsburgh Steelers come into town. There's probably mm -hmm. going to be more Steelers fans than there are yeah. Falcons fans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just the nature of Atlanta in general. Raleigh is somewhat similar to that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. We um we're not so much a professional sports team. We're way more into college down here. It's all the Duke, the NC State's, UNC's. Yeah, uh, Wake Forest. It is very basketball very, heaven. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent basketball yeah. heaven. That is so crazy. You brought up Tool. Yeah, right. That's twice in one week. Um, yeah, that is yeah crazy. I was like, why is it? That's why I paused when you asked me. I'm like. <laughs> How do I know this? And then, yeah, and he's done. He's doing other stuff now, right? I he's I don't know. He's such like a billionaire. Like yeah, I so said, he's part owner of the Steelers. All the legendary uh, pictures, yeah, like all the Dark Knight movies, like you said, three hundred. There's so many of them. Um, he owns so much land. Because he donated so much money to the Endwell School District, which is upstate New York. And so, if you look at their fields and stuff, there's legendary all over it. They're really, really, really good in upstate New York in football too. So he donated so much money to their football program and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's a big time. But uh, we're here to Congrats talk about on your Orioles, by the way. Thank you. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I just I got my fingers crossed. We just got to pay for our players like the Braves have. 
I don't know if they'll do that. That's the problem. But uh, we, have, we have a nemesis, though. Um, I have a feeling the damn Phillies uh, are going to make the wild card. I think they have the second or first best record since the All Star break, and they are a nemesis to us. Yeah, not just out last year. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully they're... we feel like we owe them one, but you know that those teams know each other so well. <laughs> they don't like each other. Um, hopefully someone I, else will knock them out. Yeah, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. I hope. So we we shall see, brother. We shall see. But Tommy, let's let's we can keep rolling in here too, because I know. Yeah, um, man. <laughs> we could talk baseball all day. She's yeah, fill up, fill yeah. up the hours on this one, but. Uh, yeah. I, I can't believe I don't have my Braves hat right here. I was looking for it. It's, uh, it's, it's too bad. We'll come back yeah. on. We're, we're next time. But um, <laughs> no, Tommy, you're a perfect person for this podcast. I've listened to some of your other interviews and it's like, yeah, there's no question. You're absolutely perfect for this. You're an author, you're a coach, a motivational speaker, and you also host retreats. We're going to get into your story. I can't wait to hear that. Um, totally. Yeah. Like you said, legendary. That's the name of your book. When did that book come out? So it came out February of 2020, and we had the actual book release March 7th of 2020 when the actual physical book came out. So seven days before the world closed. I was going to say, uh, you cannot think of like 2020 or even February, March around that time. I and I think of like, that was when my life was normal. Yeah. yeah. And then seven <laughs> days later, it all changed for a lot of us, right? Would, was that influential? At, I mean, did did that hurt or help? your your book sales like if you had to do it all over again would you release it on that date or did it really not matter didn't really matter um yeah. what it did cause me to do is i i've gotten out of the coaching business okay i'm now in the community build, building business okay and people ask me to begin running my retreats virtually and i had done just a few retreats prior to that and mm. it really allowed me to hone in my craft to start building, you know, we're an ecosystem. So we're retreats, adventure experiences, mastermind and a community for entrepreneurs and executives. And so it, it began that journey to where we started. It, it was no longer the Tommy breed love show, but it became the legendary movement. Mm, um, and it, per request, I moved away from the, uh, the coaching model more into community model and okay. you know, the power is in the masses type of thing. Mm -hmm it allowed me to do that. It allowed me to get crystal clear because we lost a significant amount of our potential speaking gigs. I was going to be involved in other people's conferences or keynoting their events or just mm -hmm. being a facilitator. Um, and so it really allowed us to focus and get clear on who we are and where we were going. So from a book sale standpoint, didn't bother at all from okay. a revenue model. I had to get in, go into closet and cry for a minute and then come <laughs> back out and say, okay, now you got to put on your big boy pants. Yeah. And then, uh, but it did allow us over the last three year, years to build something beautiful. So um, really beautiful that we're really proud of. And we're still honing it in and innovating every day. So yeah, that's what it, that's what it did for me. Um, but, you know, I can't allow myself to get, you know, I was in my head there for a little bit and, mm. you know, people want to follow confidence and optimism. So I had to go quietly step into the other room and scream and then come yep. back out. Okay, we yep. got this. <laughs> Everyone did, right? No one was alone when it came to that. So. Yeah. That's just being fully transparent, my friend. It's like, what do we do now? What in the world? Uh, okay. But uh, that's where, hey, that's where this podcast was born. So a lot of create, creative ideas and and whatnot was was born from that time. So um, I guess it really depends what perspective you looked at it. You know, if you could be down and out or you can say, all right, let's adjust and 
It's definitely what you've done. I really want to talk more about some of your adventure experiences that that piques my interest, but for the people listening to us, like, who is this guy? So let's go ahead and like, let's jump about, yeah, let's talk about you and your story. And I've, I've heard the whole story. You waking up in a ditch and everything. I want to hear all that. I want to hear it from you. And then I'm going to ask you more questions based around that. So please tell your story. You got it, brother. You got it. Oh, you're ready for me to begin? Yeah, begin. Oh, Let's do it. You got it, man. I, I thought we were like, you had a formal start to the podcast and all that nonsense. Oh, we're just, I, I like the small talk so people get to know who you are. You're in Atlanta, you're a Braves fan, but now we're going to dig into the really, really good stuff. Oh, I love it, man. I love your style. Normally they're Thank like, you. okay, five, four, three, two, no. go. And so, yeah, I love that we're not doing any of that stuff. No, so, yeah. let's, let's get to know each other. It's a conversation. So I'll start, uh, I'll start at the beginning. Yeah, um, please do. So, I'm I'm a high school student, uh, come from good, solid, uh, blue-collar part of Atlanta, South Atlanta, near the airport. And I was hoping that I was going to be one of the, I, you know, I had planned on and was planning on attending and being the first person to graduate college in my family. Hmm. Um, had multiple full rides to multiple universities. Um, so I'm really excited about getting out of the neighborhood and going to school and, and really making something different in my How body. did you get full rise? Athletics, just uh, intelligence? Music, or... man, if you can believe that. Music. And I'm a six foot two big dude. Yeah. You know, you're the first person ever at music. And so I, I, would have guessed, I was like, football. a symphony player. <laughs> yeah, I'm a six, I'm a big guy. I played wow. basketball too. So, I mean, I was a, you know, I'm a, a big dude, but it was <laughs> for symphony. It was French horn, man. Wow. I was actually the top rated French horn player for a while uh, in the state. So that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Wow. So Brevard, University of Miami, University of Georgia. So all that. Amazing. Unfortunately, brother, I grew up around a lot of abuse and violence. Um, and at 18, I became what I hated. I became that abuse and violence, committed a violent crime. And unfortunately, instead of going to university, was looking at seven years in prison. Wow. Uh, not good. Um, luckily, by the grace of God, and because it was my first adult offense, they dropped it down to two heavy misdemeanors. Uh, but I was sentenced to two years. I spent my 19th birthday in a cage. Cool thing happened to me there. Cool thing happened to me there, though. Uh, African-American gentleman named Tony decided to step across racial boundaries and uh, mentor me, love me, tutor me, um, called me Youngblood. Said, Youngblood, you're not going to become a part of this revolving door system. And with his guidance, and, you know, I didn't have very, very few good male or female mentors in my life. And so him being a positive role model, he was in his 40s, been in and out of the system his whole life. I'm 18. I think he saw Mm -hmm. something in me. And with his help and guidance, when I got out, I went to work for a nuclear waste container factory factory during the day. Cost me a back surgery and a hernia surgery. It was brutal work. Um, Brutal, brutal work. Community college at night. Did end up at the University of Georgia. And one of the things I'm most proud of is I went from literally a cage to a company called Deloitte in three huh. years at the time, I think now is the largest financial consulting public accounting firm in the world. Holy cow. So that's one of the things I'm proud of. So let's fast forward. So fast forward to 36, because here's the true story. You know, coming from humble beginnings, I thought that, and I'm, I am definitely, I love all these things, money, respect, power, achievement, corner office, shiny cufflinks, fancy watch, all that stuff would make me happy. So when I went to work for Deloitte, I was just out competing everybody, out hustling everybody. I was ye who turns the lights off last is going to win because um, I always felt like that blue collar boy who got a second chance, right? Mm-hmm. So at 36, I'd been recruited out of Deloitte. I'd gone through a couple other firms, but here I, I am in, I'm in a big middle market firm in South in Atlanta. 
I had a big international practice. I had the corner office, the cuff links. Um, you would have looked at me, Ryan, and said, hey, this guy's got it all figured out. But on the inside, I was still that rageful little boy who just wanted to be seen, heard, loved, and valued. And mm. it came out through tough guy, important guy, life of the party. You know, I was wearing all these masks. And when the money, success, the corner office, the title didn't light me up, I literally turned to the darkness and began filling that void with the Wolf of Wall Street lifestyle. And at 36 years old, I found myself waking up a ditch in a ditch, looking at the blue sky, thinking, my God, how did you get here? And I didn't know if I was going to get a third opportunity, right? So this is my second opportunity. So at that point, brother, I decided to make me my full-time job, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. And just went on a, seek, a journey of with therapists, with psychologists, with great coaches and mentors, started reading everything I can put my hands on, started all these daily practices, reconciling my past, reconciling the violence, forgiving myself. And the coolest thing happened over the next three years. Now, I never planned on leaving that world, brother. And mm -hmm. um, but over the next three years, my entire network of lawyers, entrepreneurs, executives, private equity, venture capitalists, insurance, law, you name it, you know, just the people around my ecosystem saw this massive change in me. And tangibly in three years, I went from junior partner to senior partner to international practice leader to elected to the board of directors and an owner at 39. Most of the board was in their 60s. My income doubled, my network 10x. Those are the tangible things, the intangible things that happened over those three years. I went from one of the most feared uh, and hated people at the firm to one of the most beloved. I went from mm -hmm. arrogance, which is just insecurity on steroids, to humility. Um, found the peace of mind and fulfillment. I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel like I had to be anyone else, but me, I felt like I was good enough, uh, valuable enough and lovable enough, just as me. So I started becoming Tommy and my marriage went from life support to one of strength. And, um, so that's what happened to me in those three years of working on me and coaching and reading everything and all these daily practices, um, and working to reconcile my past and forgive my past and forgive others for what mm. they had uh, done to me. And so, uh, at, at, you know, during that time though, is all these, my network started reaching out to me and they, did, I thought we were going to do some business or grab a beer or go, you know, a coffee and just do transactions. Cause I, I still was a senior partner of the firm and then they wanted to know how I found the peace. How did you stay successful in your, it even became more successful, but there was this peace, this happiness, this, they just saw a 180 degree shift and how did I do it? And they eventually talked me into writing a book which has now become legendary, which you know about, and mm -hmm. uh, it's become a USA Today and Wall Street bestseller. And we built an entire ecosystem, experiences, retreats, adventure experiences, a mastermind and a community for high achieving men and women who not only want to be elite in business, but also want to be elite in their relationships in life. And, and that's how all this, I eventually with courage resigned my equity sold my shares in the firm and went and chased this dream because I had amazing inner circle. I had amazing coaches. I had a family that was hundred percent supportive. And here we are now 10 years later. And in the last three years, there was five years of me figuring myself out during this <laughs> entrepreneur journey. But in the last three to four years, we've really figured it out and honed it in and created the legendary life movement. So that's my story, brother. Awesome. <laughs> okay. I got some questions and this is why I knew you were perfect for this podcast. How far back are you willing to go here? <laughs> wherever I, you want to go man all right because i have a feeling most of your questions come within the last three years of your life but i kind of want to go back a little more than yeah. that um you said a rageful little boy like where does that come from and then i'm just genuinely curious when you spend a lot of time on this but like the experience of just going to jail like that's uh, we don't really i don't really know many people that like gone to jail and talked to them what the experience is like at two years i mean 
that really, that's a long time, especially for someone that's just growing into a man at the time. Yeah. And I, I definitely wasn't a man. I was just this rageable young man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so both inside and outside the home, I experienced a lot of violence and abuse. Mm-hmm. And I honestly believed that I was unlovable. I, you know, I didn't consciously know all this. So it, this was all unconscious. So I was taught that I was unlovable, unworthy. You're never going to be enough. You're a piece of garbage. And it wasn't said to me in any of those ways. Mm. Um, and it was physical, mental, emotional, and some, you know, some sexual abuse in there too. So you, you, you start becoming what you hate. Right. Yeah. But it also kept me alive during that time of period. That rage kept me alive, but it also allowed me to build charisma. It also allowed me to become kind of an amoeba and adapt to whatever. Do I need to be the funny person? Do I need to be the protective person? Do I need to just, how do I navigate this? But so that's where the rate, and what I didn't realize is I buried that down afterwards mm. and just thought by out competing, winning, becoming successful, making a lot of money, which all those things are important. I'm not, I am pro high achievement, man. I'm pro going out and hustling and, and making a great impact both in your business and your life. But those things alone won't make you happy. Wherever you go, there you are. And if you're miserable, poor, you're going to be miserable when you're rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just a magnifying glass. So for me, you know, at 18, you know, I, I probably thought I was a wolf, but I realized really quickly going into jail that they were second that I was a lamb, especially being an 18 year old, uh, skinny, six foot two white kid going to a South Atlanta correctional facility. Um, mm. So I was scared to death. I thought my life was over. Um, I thought my reputation was over. You know, I, you know, I, it was a, a depression, a sadness, a fear. It was all of it combined. And then you get there and you don't realize how bad it is when you're locked into a cage and you realize you have no freedom. Your dignity is gone. Your life mm. is no longer your responsibility. You are the state is in control of you. It's a really terrible feeling. But it allowed me to meet Tony. It allowed me to reflect. It allowed me to pick myself up, dust myself off, go to work, go to college at night. So it did. It scared me, quote, straight, but I'd mm-hmm. never dealt with any of this internal mm. stuff, you know, the mental and emotional oh, yeah. scars, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And I didn't, I never understood even through, through doing so well in that career, um, that, you know, I thought again, that the things, the things that we surround ourselves would make me happy, fulfilled and whole. And what I realized what I was really doing is self-sabotaging that entire time, sometimes over work, you know, you know, through work or through behaviors or through all these other things. And so it wasn't when I almost lost it the second time that I decided to reconcile and become mentally, emotionally, and spiritually strong, not just physically strong. So I'm a big believer that you got to lead, love, and respect yourself first before you can lead, love, and respect others fully. And I think none of us are really taught unconditional self-love. I don't think, which we, which is a, it's a, it's a journey. It's not a destination. Happiness yeah. is a journey, not a destination. Um, and so for me, that's the whole point of the legendary life movement. Number one thing is prioritization of self. Mm. It's the most selfless thing we can do and not the most selfish. We're never taught that. So we teach people, how do you be more confident? How do you be more resilient? How to be more patient and peaceful, present, joyful? Um, how do you prioritize the strength of your heart and mind? Because all those things I talked about, your money, your respect, your title, your car, your children, your job, everything, 
can be taken away from you in 10 seconds. Mm. And are you going to fall? Or are you going to run? Are you going to run to the fire away from the fire? Or are you going to crumble? And so prioritization of self number two is you got to find a tribe. If you had all the answers, you've got, you, you would have already done it. So where are you going to find wisdom for your success, your business, your money, your life, your relationships. And that's number two thing. And number three is constant growth. And I've been practicing all of those things for 10 years. This is not what it sounds like to have it all figured out because I still struggle. I still, mm. You know, I'm in the community building business. I'm in the mastermind business. I'm still in a mastermind, right? Mm. I still have two coaches I work with. And so <laughs> I still have a therapist that I work with. So to this day, to keep this train on the tracks as best as possible you know, in this human existence, um, I still am practicing all those things until this day. So that that's uh, a little bit about the jail, a little bit about the past and where that rage. And I've been, I've said my whole life, I've been running from rage and running to peace. And I always mm. ask you know, people in our community and in our mastermind and at experiences and retreats, like, what are you running from and what are you running to? Good because question. we're all running from something and we're all running to something. And it's, it, that's where it, awareness is where it all begins. Awareness, knowing thyself. So you definitely grew up in a really tough environment. You brought a lot of stuff with you from your childhood, which I think a lot of us do. Um, something that and I'm, I, I will no say one escapes I, it, brother. No one escapes I know, it. Right. Yeah. Especially I saw I'm, I'm married almost a year now, a year next week. Oh, congrats. And, uh, thank you. And that's really easy, right? Being married. Is right. So easy. <laughs> so easy. No work at all. Right. No work at all. Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. You got two individuals with their own idiosyncrasies, their own insecurities, their own fears, their own right. past and their own desires somehow trying to do life together. It's, it's difficult. <laughs> And that's yes. when you realize all those things from your past rear its ugly head when you're trying to make that bumpy road smoother. Yeah. Um, so that's something I'm trying to kind of work through and go through. Totally. How did you do that? You're helping other people do that. How did you do that? How did you start to bring that stuff up to the surface and perhaps like forgive yourself and get over that self and then start to make improvements? So I, if you'd have told me to stand on my head and, and put a candle in my butt and sing Kumbaya, it would make, heal me. I would have done it, man. So really the truth is that's, that's a little bit of a joke that uh, some of my friends used to make fun of me. If you need Tommy, he'll be over there doing all these weird things. <laughs> but what they really were saying is, Hey, I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. And, uh, but before I ended up in that ditch, I was clearly going through marriage counseling because that was not going well. Mm -hmm. And the marriage counselor could feel something in me that wasn't right. Like he goes, you're closed. You can't, I was incapable of feeling. I was incapable of sharing emotion. I didn't even know what emotions were. I was just closed rock. And I remember him saying that there's a place in Tennessee that can do more for you in seven days than I can do in 10 years. And when I woke up in that ditch, I remembered it. And so I went home and told my wife everything, completely realizing that she's probably gone. I said, mm -hmm. I'm going to go to that place in Tennessee for seven days. If I come back and you're not here, take, just leave me a pair of pants and shirt. You can have it all. You've earned it. Um, and we didn't have kids, which made it easier. Um, but I went to this place in seven days and they spent four days cutting me open and three days putting me back emotionally and mentally. What it did though, is in a big group setting of 30 and then small groups of four and then individually over the week, what I realized is I wasn't alone. Hmm. that we had a, we had literal CEOs that you would know who they were there. We had a rock star that everybody would know while we were there. And then a bunch of common Joes like me, <clears throat> and we're all fighting something. We're all got a story that we're telling ourselves in our head. That is simply not true. 
And anything that was wired into us, anything that was told to us, any limiting belief that we have, we can unwire it. We can, we can rewire our subconscious and we can tell ourselves a different story and we can write the ending of our story. What I, what I realized right then and there is I wasn't alone. Hmm. I wasn't a freak. I wasn't the only person that was angry. I wasn't the only person who had insecurities and fears and demons in a past that we all do. Uh, we all have our regrets. We have all our tragedies. We all have things we wish we'd have done better. We all have those. And so I realized I wasn't alone and they gave me a program to follow strictly from coaching to therapy to what to read. Um, so I just literally surround, I took away all the darkness. So all of those negative influences in my life, all of the naysayers, you know, pain likes pain. So mm -hmm. I'd attracted all the painful people around me. I got rid of all of them and I just started practicing. I started working with a life coach. I started working with a therapist. I started reading every self-development, leadership, business book. I, I started gratitude. I started meditation. I started uh, visualizing, you name it, man. I was doing it all. Still to this day, do it all. Mm. Ask my team. Um, and so they, to this, it's just all about, I think if you don't work your heart, mind, and soul as much as you do your body, you're going to atrophy. And so every day I prioritize my heart, my mind, my soul, my body first, Mm -hmm. Um, I get up real early and I'm a freak. I spend two to three hours on me, um, because I'm also in the business of helping people make huge business decisions, huge employment decisions, huge financial decisions because of my background and also huge life decisions. Our community does that. I mean, we're designed and built to help people level up in all phases. And so I know I've got to carry certain big things. I hear big things, you know, like the other day, do I need to let go of a hundred employees? And like, that's a big decision to help someone through. Yeah. Or do I need to stay in this relationship or leave this relationship? Um, do I need to, you know, I've lost it all. Where do we go now? And so that's what our community is designed to do. So I have to work on me and then I've got my own stuff, right? I've got my own marriage. I've got my own employees. I've got my own things that I've got to work through to be the best I can be in those things. Mm. I don't always win. Um, and so that's why it's so pro we have to do this. We don't, you don't have to do anything. You can, you can continue to do what you're doing and see if it works for you, or you can work on these, these muscles every day and really make them strong. And, it's a really, 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 um, if you really want the key to success, it's mastering your heart, mind, and soul, man. That's really it. It is working on those, mastering those three things. And if you can do that, then this life is going to be easier than if you don't, because it's not, mm -hmm. if life happens, it's when. And so that's, it started with him telling me that, me remembering that, then me taking action on his wisdom and then following the program for the rest. And it's, it's just fascinating how most of my life right now is so much different than it was just simply 10 years ago. Mm. And it allowed me the courage and confidence eventually to walk away from a very, I mean, I was a senior partner and board member at 39. I mean, who knows what, <laughs> I mean, the money would have been unlimited going forward. I mean, to most people. Right. Um, but I had the courage to walk away from a career, walk away from my firm and go chase this dream of of uh, eventually after I willing to walk around in some entrepreneurship, angel investing and other things that didn't work because the universe was, or God or whatever you want to call it was pointing me in this way. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I went, finally found it. And in the last three years, we built something pretty remarkable. It sounds like, like with a lot of people, you had to hit rock bottom before you actually made that change. And I'm hoping that we can get other people not to do not that. to do it. It's so hard, right? 
it's hard like when because things are going good is when they stop doing the hard work right all right. oh, things are great and then all of a sudden you look up and you're like damn my marriage is in the toilet my business is failing what's going on and i'm like yeah. no, do the work when things are going good too <laughs> that's the hard part yeah um, we could spend all day on that but so it's speaking of this place in tennessee i just got me wondering like is there and there's i'm sure there's like a thousand things what is there like a piece of advice or a sentence or a word or whatever, something that someone said to you that still really sticks to you to, to this day. It wasn't said there. And um, it was said before then. And I didn't hear, I don't, I didn't remember it till then. Hmm. And it was participate in your own rescue. I think, um, I think the two things that I would take away is you're not alone. Uh, if you're experiencing it, thinking it, worried about it, whether it's business, success, money, relationships, um, or something in your life, the number one thing is you're not alone and there's millions of other like you and seeking wisdom or guidance or advice or help is not a bad thing. It's, it's actually the most courageous thing you can do. But the second mm -hmm. thing is participate in your own rescue. There's no politician. There's no magic pill. There's no white horse. There's no one coming to help you. Um, no one. And you can't outsource it to anyone. You can't outsource it to your spouse. They can't make you happy. They, they can make you better mm -hmm. or they can make you worse, but they will not make you happy. Um, neither can your career, all of these things are important, but you've got to participate in your own rescue mm. and you've got to prioritize, prioritize yourself. Um, and you've got to save yourself. And I tell people to look in the mirror. That is the number, your number one, that is your enemy and your ally. Which are you going to choose? And when you make, start working on you and you make that image, you see in the mirror, an ally, an asset because you are the number one asset. So I would say that you're not alone and prioritize yourself and start small daily actions to strengthen your heart, strengthen your mind, strengthen your soul. Um, we'll pay significant dividends in your success, your happiness, your leadership, your money, your life. It is a simple formula, but it is oh so hard to do because we're surrounded by convenience. We're surrounded by swipes. Yeah. We're surrounded by... 40 million channels were surrounded by things that are addictive mm -hmm. your phones, technology, movies. I mean, you name it where we live in a casino with two <laughs> way too many choices and it's kind mm -hmm. of very complex and we've gotten numb. Yeah. And so for me, it's about working every day on yourself first thing in the morning and then at the end of the night, and then the rest seems to fall in place quite easily, but we don't do it. So I would say you're not alone in prioritization of yourself. Participate in your own rescue. Awesome. So if there's someone that's listening to this and they're really expired, inspired and, and they want to come and obviously talk and work with you, um, but they're thinking, where do I start? What's that first small step that they can take? What would you tell tell them? Um, I the To me, the number one failure in leadership, business, and life, the number one failure is self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So knowing thyself, all parts of thyself, all of them, your strengths, your weaknesses, your insecurities, your fears, what are you running from? What are you running to? We talked about that earlier. Mm -hmm. um, so the easiest thing you can start. So I would say pick one thing in your life that is 100% not serving you right now mm. and kill it. Mm -hmm. It could be a human, it could be a behavior. It could be a habit, kill it and kill it instantly. The quickest fix of all is removing a negative. It's also the very hard because it could be a human that's bringing you down. It could be you that's bringing you down. 
Um, it could be a habit that's bringing you down. I would kill it. That's the, that's the quickest fix. It's also one of the hardest. So mm-hmm. you're eating that 50th pint of ice cream every night. How is that serving you? Maybe take it down to half a pint. If you're mm-hmm. not exercising, maybe start, stop doing this, start doing another. Um, I think the quickest and easiest way is to start implementing one positive habit a day. And I would recommend reading 10 to 15 pages of self-development, leadership development, personal development books. But here's the thing. Don't just read it. Apply it. Apply it. I read just it, had that conversation with my wife like three days ago. We're talking about atomic habits. So I was like, uh, I really want you to read this book, but not just read it, but apply it. <laughs> I was just invited to this like special mastermind group. Uh, it's just meeting for a weekend and they're bringing all these people together and i was fortunate to be him and he's on the list is he really so i hope he comes james clear i hope he yeah. comes because i just want to give him a hug say hey man your book rocked it um yeah, and so exactly. i'm sure he gets that all the time but to me it's all about intention intentional actions my friend is like the intentions are the goals the direction I, I'm, I'm intentionally going this way it's, it's my it's your hopes your dreams but those are useless without action and mm-hmm. so for me the easiest thing you can add Start with legendary. I mean, hey, it's a quick, easy. And if you're not a reader, I will read it to you, man. On <laughs> and best. so, you know, you know, read the first 10 pages. Hmm. And where do you need to take action on those pages? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's a removing one and, and start small, think big. You can't like you don't want to have I've been doing this now almost for 13 years these habits and routines that James talks about. Mm-hmm. I've been applying those. Sometimes I fall off the bus and it's crazy when I fall off, you know, things are going good and I stop doing my readings, my journaling, my gratitudes, my visualizations, my when I stop doing that, it's crazy where my business, my leadership, my success, my ha- it, it just in a very short amount of time, mm. our muscles become weak again, which is yeah. Like I'm, I've got tennis elbow right now and I'm, I love exercising. It's driving me nuts watching my physical body kind of shrink at the moment Mm. um, because I've got tennis elbow. Same thing happens with your heart, mind, and soul. So um, to me, it's about, if I had to say the two things, remove one negative. And this number two is start with 10 pages a day, read it, apply it, apply it. Mm. Um, and start small and think big. That's what I would say if people are lost right now, or they can come, you know, to one of my retreats and I'll take them, I'll put it on steroids <laughs> over a four Not and a or. half day period. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Over a four and a half, four day period, I will change your life. <laughs> that sounds, I mean, you've already, you're changing my life already. We're like 35 minutes into this. I think you're already changing lives. This is amazing. I love um, it, brother. So a question for you too, is, uh, as you mentioned, you're a bigger guy, big into sports, somewhat of a jock. You had a good job car, all that stuff. Can I imagine that the stigma of men being honest and vulnerable played somewhat of a role in you perhaps revolving? I'll just say a hundred percent, a hundred percent is there were men who were authentic and vulnerable and honest, and they started sharing wisdom and not advice, um, gave me the gift of going second. Gave me mm-hmm. the gift of asking for help, for sharing my story, for sharing my fears, for sharing my insecurities. Because I don't have it all figured out in business. I don't have it all figured out in success or money. I don't have it all figured out in my relationships. And I definitely don't have it all figured out in life. And I think that, you know, especially the more high achieving and and ambitious you are, whether it's on sports, whether it's in business, whether it's in life, you hate asking for help. Mm-hmm. You think if I just work a little bit harder 
Um, you don't want to show weakness. And then when I get here or when I have this amount of money or when I have this job or title or car, I'll be happy. Bullshit. I don't know mm. if I can say that, but BS. <laughs> because wherever you go, there you are. And I could give you a million dollars or a Ferrari or the title or the money. And if you're not happy, there you are. You're just going to, it's going to magnify that. And so that's why we created the entire legendary life movement. Remember our second, number one is prioritizing yourself. Our second pillar is we're going to give you the community of authentic entrepreneurs, executives, or aspiring entrepreneurs, executives, high achievers, ambitious people. You don't have to be successful yet. You just got to want to be, mm. but you also have to be a net giver, a good person and want to make great impact. We don't want any, you know, we don't want any kind of let the, we don't want any toxicity brought to the group, but we just want people who are authentic and real who come together and share wisdom and what that does. And I'm very authentic about my story. I'm very authentic about my uh, pains and where I am now. Even when people go through one of our adventure experiences or one of our retreats, I will say, ladies and gentlemen, I am not doing this as we speak. And it gives them the, the gift of going second. It mm. gives them the gift of opening up and asking for help and receiving wisdom and, and growing not only in their business and success, but in their life and their relationships. Because it's not, I think the more ambitious and driven we are, and that's, you know, we're not for everybody. That's pretty much our tribe. I think it's tough for us for ask for help. I think it's just about working harder. I think it, and something in our life is going to be off. It's either going to be business success, life relationships. And usually it's our relationships and relationship with ourselves and relationship with our family, significant other. That's usually where it shows up. Hmm. People come to me, you know, come to our movement first to be more successful, to be better leaders, to make more money and to connect. We give them access to some pretty, pretty awesome people, both in our community and mastermind. They come there for that. And then they realize, Oh God, these people also struggle in their relationship. They also struggle with their family. They also struggle with their kids. And we want to, we want people to level up in all phases of their life, just not one. And uh, I think when you give someone the gift of going second, you give them permission to know they're not alone and you give them permission to tell their story too. And then again, we're not about advice here. That's just, that's more academic. You've never done there. You read it book. We're about life and business and success wisdom. Um, experience it's experience based not what i've read and so i'm all over the place now but that no, i love it that love my it. friend is where the the pillar that we stand on i appreciate people like you and obviously i'm sure you're very aware of Brene brown just bringing up vulnerability how important it I is i feel like she wrote those books to me and for me and i, I found myself when i'm reading her books like stop talking about me Brene. <laughs> she's good and it's i mean you know what's funny is i've listened to you talking about it's like we all want someone that is relatable or we can relate to but no one wants to be the one to put themselves out there to do it right, right. so um you just it's brought, crazy it's it's very true you just and it's gotten up, you know what we're craving as a society is authentic connection oh 100 because we're not getting it from our politicians what they say and what they do isn't reconciling we're not getting it necessarily from our religions because of the fear and shame base that's coming yeah. from there. And we're definitely yeah. not getting up from social media. Oh my God. No. Fantasy. And then when you watch TV, that's fantasy. Yeah. So we're living, we want to live that fantasy, um, which is also meant to divide us and sell advertising. Then you add some 24 hour news on top of that, man, that's meant to divide you and scare you and just sell you advertising. That's what, and it doesn't feel real to our soul and our mind and our hearts. And, and, What's crazy is we're craving that authentic connection. We're craving mm -hmm. someone just to be real and honest. We're craving someone to just uh, help. Uh, you know, we're, we're craving hope. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, whether you like them or not, I, I'm going to say both of them just so I can make everybody mad, is Obama and Trump in their own weird ways sold hope. Mm. And we are in their own weird ways, like them or dislike them. I'm trying to bring them both in. You know, it doesn't matter to me. I see you're doing. I got it. Yeah, like them or dislike them, they sold hope. And I think people are craving hope. I think they're yeah. craving authenticity. I think they're craving realness. And I think they want to know that we're not alone, that they're not alone because we are tribal creatures and we're all flossom. We all have our insecurities and pains. We also all have our goodness. We all have our power. We all have things we're really great at the world needs. Yeah. And when we are authentic, like a Brene, um, and when we're vulnerable, I'm not talking about emotionally vomiting. If you want yeah. to see what emotional vomit looks like, <laughs> look at Twitter and Facebook. That's what it looks like. Um, but we're craving someone to be vulnerable, honest, authentic, and hopefully shed some wisdom and hope in our lives. And that's the whole point of this whole movement, man. You it sounds like you also got married before online dating. That also throws a whole nother <laughs> authenticity. Dude, I'm so thankful. I was talking to a colleague just today. I was like, <laughs> I can't imagine dating. Like if it, you know, let's say my wife and I didn't work out, or one of us, you know, decides to go, you know, whatever, become a Buddhist monk. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I just can't imagine dating. I cannot, cannot, you know, in the day of what is it? Really? Like? Yeah. Uh, but however, some of the strongest marriages I know, not through these garbage apps, hmm. some of the strongest marriages I know went through like match and some other, cause you know, you can, you can there's ways to navigate it. But that's so my wife. There, and there I, is hope. My wife and I did met through match actually, but it was from years of frustration oh yeah i'm sure it's a lot of frustration you probably learned how much you didn't like certain things 100 now what you did like you're like hey yeah and you I'm know relationships this. dude you know this brother is how much craziness you can handle because we're all right. crazy right exactly just what are you attractive can you do life together is there a friendship <laughs> is there similar core values is there similar ambitions 100%. and by the way how crazy is this human 100 so, percent. yeah oh my god yes um Speaking on of that those, note, man, this whole all you need is love is garbage. It's I Absolute we're we're on the garbage. same wavelength, a, a thousand percent. <laughs> and I'm I'm dying to know this. Like I, I took a lot of notes before and, and during that we're talking here is you said your marriage is on the rocks. Somebody who just got married myself, our marriage is in a good place, thankfully. But when you came back to your wife, like what was priority number one or perhaps the most important thing that you can bring into your relationship to make it successful? Um, number one, I, I, I mean this, I mean this, I mean this is you have to prioritize yourself first. Hmm. There is no way you can truly be uh, fully authentic, fully communication, fully transparent, fully vulnerable and fully communicated. If you don't love and respect yourself first, so you got to work on yourself first and she or he has to work on their selves first. What hmm. happens when I got back you know, it took a long time to rebuild respect and trust. Uh, to this day, we're working on that, right? Mm -hmm. And so she went to the same facility in Tennessee to work on herself. Wow. To figure out where this codependent dance that we were playing in our marriage, what in her past, what in my past, and, and we were both working on each other separately. And then the marriage, second, and it mm -hmm. always has to be that order. So yourself first, marriage second, and parents are going to hate this. Kids are always third. Mm. I've heard they that. Don't do that. They don't do that. They put the kid first, and then all sorts of bad things happen. 
Um, I hear it every day of my life. And then throwing kids at a bad marriage is even worse. Yeah. Um, and it's not if your relationship, you don't have to get married, whatever your relationship is, it's not if it's going to struggle, it's when. Again, you got two very different human beings with their desires, their insecurities, their demons, their fears, their past. And so that's why the self-work, the self-awareness, knowing thyself and becoming mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically stronger so that you can lead love yourself, so that you can lead love at them and others. That's why it's so critically, critically, critically important. Um, this is great. To this day, man, you, you've got to work at it. It's not if the relationship gets in, it doesn't matter if it's mediocrity, it doesn't matter if it's settling, we're just kind of getting a rhythm and we're doing this life together, but we've lost passion or communication or we've lost our sex life or we lost our intimacy. And those are all very different things. Mm. Um, you've got to constantly, you've got to constantly work on yourself or at atrophies. You got to constantly work on their marriage or at atrophies. That's why the statistics on marriage are horrific. Mm. Um, it's because we prioritize other things we think the grass is greener. Um, you know, there's, we lose passion and we start outsourcing our emotional or mental or sexual needs. I mean, you, or we outsource it to work and we lose ourselves in the marriage all to it. So you got to work on yourself and then you got to work on your Satan. That needs to be your priority. We say in our movement, we say your big, three biggest assets are number one, you, you got to prioritize your asset first. Number two is your time. And number three is your significant other. For those of you who are single, you get to choose and choose well. Mm -hmm. your significant other will either be your biggest asset or liability. And by the way, they'll probably flip flop um, and you. So we're getting number one assets, you number two assets, your time. And number three is your significant other. So those of you who are single, you get to choose right this time. So <laughs> I love choose this. Wisely. Choose it's funny. Wisely. We were just talking about dating and stuff like that. I think one of the things that impressed me most about her is how willing she was to work on things like knowing that I'm not perfect. She's not perfect, but we're going to make this, not make, make yeah. this work. I mean, it was going to work, but the nuances, how to figure things out. Okay. So this is how I communicate with you. This is how you like to be communicated with. And we can have these open conversations and we want to work on it together. To me, yep. that is how you have to be to have a successful relationship. Because once someone shuts down, it's like they're giving yep. up. Yeah. Yeah. You can shut down, you can give up. And by the way, <clears throat> The younger you are, and this is not a knock, there's so many wonderful things about Generation Z and millennials. Like, I'm not a big, you know, bashing of it. But to me, you come from a, uh, it's a, it's harder for you guys because you come from instant gratification. Mm -hmm. um, so YouTube, social media, video games, it's instant, right? Mm -hmm. It's instant. We get, and it's also it help it, we lose our resilience. We lose our work ethic. you like, we can get so many dopamine hits without getting out of a chair. Yeah. Pizza, dopamine hit, video game, dopamine hit, social media, dopamine hit. And we feel, but we're losing the biggest and baddest and baddest dopamine hit to the work. Think winning an athletic match. Think mm -hmm. what you feel like after a workout. Think two minutes in an ice bath will give you 200%, 250% more dopamine than any of those things I just named. Wow. wow. And so your generation and younger comes from instant gratification. And also those instant gratification dopamine hits are addictions. Mm -hmm. um, social media designed to be addictive. 24-hour news designed to be addictive. Uh, phones are designed to be addictive. Video games are certainly that way. And so you add instant gratification and addiction. Um unconsciously and that makes when things go bad hard and there is no reset button on another human being and 
it's easy to quit. It's easy to back out. It's easy to, mm-hmm. as opposed to working hard or at it. Um, there's a reason the cliche, nothing worthwhile in life comes easy. Um, and to make it even worse, think about how many people I could tell you the secret to mastering your mindset is meditation. Mm-hmm. Feeling calm to being more proactive than reactive to being a clear thinker breathing and meditation it will bring calmness it will bring peace it will bring proactivity and guess how much it costs nothing but it takes work and time and patience you know what we'd rather do take an effing xanax same benefits instant 100 bucks numbs us i can also give you the secret to sleeping a lot better at night would you rather take an ambient and that amazing where we are in this society instant yeah, We're looking for instance, I can tell you to work out and you will be strong. You'll lose your belly. You'll be more confident. You'll be more fit. You'll stand taller, your head up, shoulders back. Or I can sell you a $20,000 tummy tuck. One takes a lifetime. <laughs> right. The other one takes two weeks. Isn't that amazing how we are as a society? Thanks, Alex like Hermosas. By the way, Alex Hermosa is the one who, I can't take credit for that. Give him credit for that. I just read his book. It's brilliant. Nice. Um, but he was the one talking about how... But I also read things on peak performance and anything that we work hard at, whether it's our business, success, our money, our relationship, our bodies, our minds, our heart, soul, will give us a hell of a lot more than those instant hits. And it will help make us a hell of a lot more resilient and successful to life too. So that's one thing that your generation and the Zs and the millennials have to overcome is that instant gratification, not being able to hit the reset button on the video games. 100%. I hope the pendulum at some point starts to swing the other way. Um, part of that is because I'm looking to become a parent very soon. Um, ah. so, so I really want to ask you this. Um, I am concerned in a good way of like how raising my kid, right. Um, proper values, respect people, just be a kind person. I have my fears with the way the world is these days. We got shootings right now. We got video games, social media. There's a lot of that just toxic stuff going on. Um, in your opinion, having a small child, toddler, perhaps, or even a little older, what is like a value that I can instill in my child that is like just completely invaluable in your opinion? So here's the biggest thing I can tell you. Kids will never do what you say. They will do what you do Mm -hmm. ever. So if you show them whatever values you want to do, if you show them, don't tell them, show them. If you say be a kind, respectful, loving human, they're going, they're not going to do it. But if you show them how to be a kind, loving, and respectful human, if you show them how to be in a good, healthy, communicative marriage, if you show them that reading plays benefits and that exercising and health and competitiveness, and if you show them all of the values you want to do, they will do them. Awesome. Um, And if you surround them by positivity, you can limit the social media, you can limit the negativity. And by the way, all of that stuff we talk about the shooting, that's been, it is probably the safest, best time in the history of humanity. There's less wars. There's more access to information. It's just the 24 hour news and social media. (laughs) highlight all the negativity but if you really look out there there's goodness love and learnings everywhere yeah everywhere yeah um it's just the instant gratification of social media and the news and the media is putting showing all the negativity and they want you to be scared so it sells advertising so again as a parent 
show them the values, show them the systems, walk the walk, don't talk the talk, limit the noise, read a book to them, um, mm. take them on walks in nature, take them at, you know, nature is God's TV, man. Take them to a desert, take them to the, you know, show them, model it. That's the only way telling them won't do it and sticking an iPad in front of their face. So you don't have to deal with it mm. is the image of bad parenting. I appreciate is, that. Out of the thousand things that can be done on a phone and an iPad, five are positive. Mm. Thank so, you for saying that. Uh, that's yeah. going to stick with me forever. Yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much longer I got you, but I got a few more questions for you. Um, got all so, the time in the world, brother. <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. Okay. Something I really also wanted to ask you too is I come from a background of work harder, um, work longer, work harder. That's where success is coming from. I've always had a really hard time with work life balance because yeah. it was, that's just, it was counterintuitive. Yep. Um, for somebody that's looking to succeed, but they're having, hard time with work-life balance, but, you know, perhaps the relationships are struggling or just outside of work is struggling in general. What kind of advice would you give that person? Yeah, that makes you human. Um, and so again, you, you're, you're catering to my sweet spot. Um, so I am in the high achiever, ambitious driven space. You don't have to be successful. You just got to want to be. Mm. Um, what I love about hard work, it is the great equalizer. It allows the average Joe, like me, to, to be successful. This is what makes this country so great. Don't let anyone tell you. There is a reason that Canadians and Europeans are pouring into this country. <laughs> pouring. And I don't want to go down that road. They're pouring here <laughs> because of opportunity and, and capitalism. And hard work does pay huge dividends. Mm. So I'm in that space. And to me, there is no such thing as work-life balance. It's just prioritization and reprioritization. So what I would tell you, whoever they are, <laughs> that it's about, it's me too, brother. <laughs> it's about quality over quantity. I get to talk in the mirror all day long. Like, why are you not doing this, Tommy? <laughs> um, it's about quality over quantity. So think about 30 minutes to 15 minutes to 30 minutes to an hour with your spouse of quality time sitting outside talking around a fire going for a walk maybe doing a gratitude walk or uh and just fully being listening fully being there being fully present and with no distractions that 15 minutes 30 minutes or hour will feel like all day yeah. um so you're always going to prior especially until you get to a certain point and you got to just you got to think about what success is and go there um, for me, it's a feeling of freedom and a sense of happiness. That's what success is, is an eternal feeling of freedom and happiness. And so, and I, I come in and out of that, right. Depending on where the Tommy go round is, it's my monkey brain. Um, so for me, it's about quality over quantity, whether it's with a child, a friend, um, time with yourself, or, you know, it's about, it's about spending quality, 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 present, being fully there, being fully aware because you're always going to prioritize your success, your in my space, not everyone, you know, I really look up to the people who don't prioritize that. Cause I'm just not built that way. Mm -hmm. um, I get my, I get my things through building businesses. I get through my things from helping other be successful in business and money. I, that's my thing. It lights me up. It's what, which why I feel like I'm put here on this earth. Right. And so for me, I, I like the people who prioritize hard work and business and success. I think that's where real impacts going to come through to the world. I don't, 
I would never outsource my happiness or success to the government. They just, and throughout history and societies, they've never gotten it right. It all comes from the individual work ethic and wanting to make great impact and defining what your success is. So to me, it's all about prioritization and reprioritization. When you're going to spend time with your significant, make a significant other, phoneless, no TV, no numbing out, just be present, open, communicative, authentic, and vulnerable. Ask them, how can I love you better? And how can you love, you know, how they can love you better? I mean, have real conversations mm -hmm. when you're with a child. You got to fully be there. If they see you on your phone, they're going to be on their phones. If they see you being distracted, they're going to be distracted. They're going to follow mm -hmm. exactly. So to me, when you talk about work-life balance and you don't come from money, success, like true success, whatever that means to you is going to be hard. Hard work is the great equalizer, period, mm -hmm. in this country until we mess it up. <laughs> um, hard work's the great equalizer. So don't ever take that from you, but don't do it. You are the asset. Don't compromise your mental, emotional, spiritual health and your physical health. You've got to prioritize you first so that you can go be world-class and badass. Then when it comes to your family, your friends, prioritizing time, owning your time, it's prioritizing resources. If you want to know what makes the elite, the elite, it's saying no and prioritizing their time. That's mm -hmm. it. They'll mm -hmm. have the same 24 no. hours, seven days a week saying no. But knowing, yeah. you know, what moves to make the main thing, the main thing, what is going to move the ball forward in your business? What's going to move the ball forward in your life? What's going to be the ball forward in relationship and prioritizing that. Um, my wife and I, I'll be fully transparent. Um, my wife and I, because we're business builders, she's, she's a huge executive in a massive company. Um, she's their, I think she's their president and CFO and she's retiring from there in three years to go Isn't focus it? totally on our businesses. We own a hotel here in the North Georgia. It's the mountaintop lodge. Nice. Um, it's a boutique hotel in the North Georgia mountains. And then there's the legendary life movement, my business. We have lost ourselves in those businesses. So guess what we did? We took action. We prioritized. So now we're working with professionals to help us reprioritize, refocus. We're great friends and great business partners, but now the marriage is suffering. And so how do we bring that back without losing this? So what did we do? We went out and got or get seeking advice on that. So it's constantly prioritization and reprioritization and making the time and the commitment and taking action wherever it is in your life. So that to me is the balance. It's having awareness too. You, like yeah. you just said, you have, yeah. you have awareness and that's when yeah. you're able to fix it. Yeah. Wonder, and I have an entire, like the entire movement is behind us, you know, that, you know, no matter what happens, you know, in the marriage, we're going to have people supporting us because they know at least we're taking action. At least yeah. we're being authentic about it. At least we're being vulnerable about it. And we're taking steps toward whatever that looks like together. And so I'm pretty excited about it. And so um, even to this day, this is not what it looked like to have it all figured out. But what I am world-class at is prioritization, time, prioritization, in taking action, that's what I'm really good at. But to me, don't take the hard work ethic out because that's the great equalizer, man. Mm -hmm. That's the great, in this country, it's the great equalizer. I get that from my dad who listens to every podcast. So thanks, dad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dad. <laughs> so um, another thing that I also had heard Is you that say, Rudy, by the way, on your shelf back there? Does that say Rudy behind? It me? says Rudy and he signed it. I actually met the real Rudy. So he signed I got, it. I was on an airplane and sitting next to him on a really? flight. Yeah. From Atlanta to Fort Walton, which is like a four minute flight. Um, but yeah, I got to sit next to him and it was just a fascinating 45 minutes of my life, honestly. So yeah, I, was, I got to meet the real Rudy too. Oh so yeah. Cool. 
Yeah. It's my favorite he still movie. Where's the Notre time. Dame stuff to this day? Did he have on a Notre Dame shirt when you saw him? Uh, I'm sure he did because it was at a big public speaking event. Oh, so I'm totally. Sure. Yeah, I, I yeah. sat next to him on an airplane. That's why I asked. That's amazing. Cool cat. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. That's that, and it's, yeah, that inspired me for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I want to talk to you about because I I I flipped the switch in my mind probably seven eight years ago is live with no regrets and I heard you say that mm-hmm. in a podcast at some point is uh, that's what that's how you live now is you don't want to have any regrets and that when it, when you said that i mean a lot of people say that but when you said that i was like yep i gotta ask him about this because this is something i really made it a point to do myself i just kind of want you to dive into your thought process about living like that yeah i i say it often that when your life no one's going to read your resume Hmm. at your funeral no one's going to care and no one's going to remember you like walk down any major city street and see the cornerstone blocks of these skyscrapers that were built hundreds of years ago of all the great names of all the great people and no one knows who they are Hmm. there's very few people think of the billions and billions and billions and billions of people that have come through this planet maybe even more than that and how many of them do we truly remember so being humble knowing that and being humble knowing you're going to be warm food that you are going to die Hmm. Um, and we don't know when or where how but to have no regrets and a heart full of gratitude is the way I want to go out. Um, and so for me, um, you know, you're only given this one precious life. And so make the best of it. And we don't, we don't, we don't, because we're scared. We don't ask that girl out that we think is cute. (laughs) We don't leave a career that we hate because we care what people everything we don't ask for forgiveness to the person we hurt um we don't we don't we don't it's because we're scared and for me or we don't leave a bad relationship or marriage because what will other people think um and so for me it's about doing your best knowing you're flossom <laughs> you are a flawed awesome human being period because if we were immortal and perfect, this life would be stupidly boring because <laughs> um, we'd have nothing to look forward to. And, you know, to me, we have three gifts, the gift of life, the gift of choice and the gift of death, the gift of life. If you don't think that's a life, email me today because we got other things to talk about. Mm-hmm. The only power you have is your choices. You influence and can control nothing else but your choices. And number three is knowing we're not going to be here forever. And so man and woman up. Get the courage to chase your dreams, your passions, your purpose. Get the courage to make an impact in this world. And to me, living a legendary life, I wrote a book called Legendary, is leaving this planet and our fellow humans better than we found it. And by the way, all the true legends were perfectly flawless. Hmm. Think about the MLKs of the world. Think about, I mean, all of these people that made great social impact. They still were humans. They still had their idiosyncrasies. They still had their desires. They still had their... Things that they wish they would have done better. If you look throughout history, Gandhi, you know, Nelson Mandela, um, the great presidents, you know, people, people idolized JFK. The man really liked women, um, but he did a (laughs) lot of, I mean, you know, it's the thing, Yeah, but he did a lot of wonderful things as well. So um, knowing that we're flossing, doing the best we can and making decisions from your heart, making decisions, following your heart, making decisions that hopefully doing your best, sometimes tough decisions hurt people. 
and knowing that, you know, that's what make great leaders leaders is being able to make the tough decisions away from the masses. That's best for the whole and not for the individual. That's tough. But to me, knowing you're awesome to me, knowing this, this life is short to me, chasing your dreams and desires. Cause what I don't want them to look at is look back as man. I really would. I wish I would ask that person out. I really wish I would have said, I'm sorry to that person I hurt and it's okay to screw up. It's a, but you got to learn from it to me. And you're talking about someone who's hurt a lot of people in his life intentionally, unintentionally. I've always also also been hurt by a lot of people in my life Mm. is doing my best to not hurt people going forward to ask for forgiveness. But I think every failure I've had, every tragedy I've had and every triumph I've had have been absolute learning moments. I wish, you know, it's not that I don't, it's, it's, it's no longer regret. It was a learning. That's who I was then and not who I am now. Right. Yep. Yep. And I've but, seen a lot of people take a lot of, you know, bad press because they quote, did something that the world looks as it's taboo, but we don't know both sides of the story. We don't know their life. We don't know their history. We don't know where they're come from. And we certainly don't know why they did the things they did. Um, so for me, it's also about not judging, mm-hmm. knowing we all live in glass houses and be careful who you throw stones at. And so it's, it's all of that combined brother. But at the end of the day, it's a heart full of gratitude, being thankful for all that you do have, being thankful for the, the, even the bad and the good. And that to me is unconditional love for yourself as loving all parts of you, all parts of you, the flawed parts, the insecurities, the demons, but also all the goodness. And so once you reconcile that, you you pretty much can move forward and don't make excuses when you screw up just own it when you breach a core value which you will mm. own it learn from it grow from it and the the key is to not continually repeat it because that's where we start living in regrets that's so important and i know that's something i try to work on and i i value myself and i were just talking about like teaching kids and stuff like that i think one thing i really want to pass down to my child is like actually like what f- failure is it isn't really a time you know there's a moment where you can hang your head and cry about it and get i get that but it's a learning experience and something really positive is going to come from this it's going to point you in in another direction whether it's like athletics or school or trying to ask this girl out or whatever like you said like failure i think was such a negative word growing up that it was like, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. So I never tried anything that I thought I might fail at. That's, but when you I get, that's it. right. When you get older, it's just like, you start to care less and you realize these failures are like, Oh, okay. I made a mistake. I made a mistake or whatever you want to say that now I know how to do it next time or now I'll be better next time. I just, I, Oh man, I would love you to, need to make the that. pain of not taking the action worse than yeah. worse than, you know, Cause what if, what if in that situation, what if she would have just said yes, right now you live the whole life of, you don't even know. Yeah. And now we get to watch her with someone else. That's yeah. Right. It's right? yeah. yeah. The worst thing she could say is no, but at least you knew. And at least you had the intestinal fortitude to ask her or him. <laughs> you know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. Or you had the intestinal fortitude and not, you know, staying in a relationship that was toxic, mm. setting a boundary, mm. saying no, treating people like we want to be treated, like teaching them how to treat us. Um, but people get complacent. They get, I think we need to treat laziness, entitlement and victimhood, like the terminal diseases that they are. Yeah, I agree. They are mediocre. I agree. Um, laziness, entitlement and victimhood. 
And I don't care where you were born, what's happened to you, what color your skin or what's been done to you or what you've done. Don't that does not define you. Hmm. It's your actions, choices, and intentions. Um, and failures don't define you. Don't let one or two sentences define the entire novel. Right. And so as long as we consistently own it, you know, we know what's in our hearts and we continually take action to make ourselves and others better. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. But letting the fear of a no or a failure or man, the pain and the consequences of not taking action, we need to make that so much harder than being complacent where we are now. It reminds me of a quote and I'm going to mess this up. It's not going to be perfect, but David Goggins is a big inspiration to me. I listen to his stuff a lot and how he was saying like, he fears that one day he's going to get to the pearly gates and meet God. And he doesn't want God to bring out a list of things that he didn't do. He would rather talk to him about the things that he did do. He's always afraid that he's going to read that tablet and say, you should have done this. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. And he's going to look back at life and regret everything he didn't do. So yeah, I completely agree with him there. And I've, I've, I've heard it said a different way and I hope I don't butcher this. I've heard it said, um, the definition of hell is when you die, the person you are meeting the person meets the person that you could have become. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you, a- there, there's a powerful book. And I can't remember. I have all these books around me. You probably can't tell, but there's a bookshelf there. There's a bookshelf over there. And it's a really powerful book. It's like this one person interviewed the more seasoned people in life, the elderly, mm. um, about, you know, their five regrets. Um, and they were, they were very concerned. He interviewed thousands mm. and it's a really powerful book on how to not regret life. Like wow. they all regret not spending more time with it, not traveling, I'm not prioritizing their merit. It had nothing to do with the money in their bank account. And um, it, it was really, a really fascinating read. And I can't remember, but, but you can look it up pretty easily. Yeah, I want to look that up. I'll see if I can yeah. find it. I'm genuinely curious about this. Yeah. And so I want to get into more of, in a moment, more of, of your retreats and what you do with your retreats. And like I said, the adventure experience and stuff. But one question I had, I've, I've held on to this for a while. I'm genuinely curious is when you made that decision to change who you were, and you had to show up to work the next day and you're like, okay, I'm going to be a different person. How are people going to take this? Are people going to believe me? How long is this going to take? Uh, I just want to get your perspective on that because there's probably a lot of people that want to change who they are and their perspective. People are going to, they think they're going to be looked at weird or people are going to believe them. Stuff like that. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I have a whole lot of thoughts there. Um, the truth is you can't let people who don't matter matter. Uh um and that's easier said than done um there's probably less than 10 people on there this earth that i really give a damn what they think Mm -hmm. um and that is a powerful place to be it's because they've shown me through their love they've shown me that they want me to be happy successful and they they're rooting for me, not against me. Most people. How do you get there? I'm just I literally as you talk, I'm thinking all the work like, we're talking about, the working on the heart, mind, and soul. I can't knowing thyself. Um, so life is an energy flow. Um, think of it as climbing a mountain. I'm, I'm answering your question as we speak. Think of life as climbing a mountain. Most people never climb the mountain. They do the status quo. They never work on themselves. They go to work from eight to six every day they go home and they numb on some damn TV and rinse, repeat and go. 
Um, those are the 99% and they speak a certain language. Um, they are dictated by the news and politics and social media and they go wherever the wind It's called the mob. Um, and so that's where most people stand. That's staying on the ground Hmm. and they speak a certain language. They have a certain energetic flow and they tend to, um, they're just live the human experience. Um, they let life happen to them and not for them. Hmm. But then think about the people who start climbing the mountain, their view changes. Um, they start working on themselves. They start working on their heart through gratitudes, through journaling, through visualizations. They start working on their mind through meditations, through reading. Um, they start surrounding themselves with positive people and firing all the negative people out of their life. Um, they really start doing the work to be physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually strong. Their language changes and their energy changes. If you don't think people, your thoughts are energy, your words are energy, how you feel is energy, and you are an energetic being. Look at a corpse and that's what something without energy looks like. Mm. You're all energetic beings. Think about the people who walk into the room and they lift the whole place up without saying a word. You know who they are. And think about the people who walk into a room and they suck the energy out of you. That's mm -hmm. the status quo. But when you start changing your energy, you start repelling the negative. And by the way, you get more haters and you get more lonely. That's what makes this work hard. Mm because it's easy to criticize something you don't understand or you don't know. But once you start really working on your heart, mind, and soul, you start letting people who don't matter, matter. You stop really giving, you stop caring about what the mob thinks. You start turning off the news and start listening to podcasts. You start reading books and not mindlessly numbing out on breaking bad and all the other peaky blinders. And then I'm not telling you not to enjoy yourself and to watch a show every now and then, I, but it can't be, it's gotta be more about inputting the good and the bad. And over time, your head, your head up, shoulders back, um, you start you start rewriting your heart mind, your subconscious. So the truth is, is your subconscious mind runs the ship, not what your thoughts are, not your conscious mind. That's why, like, I don't, I don't want to eat that second pint of ice cream. Why did I eat the second? Cause you're subconscious. So what you, what you're doing is rewiring your subconscious, which is your mind and heart and telling it a different story, telling it a new, you're rewrite, you're implementing a new operating system. And as mm -hmm. you do that, People with certain energies, with certain negativity, who are gossiping, who are judgmental, who are mad, who are angry, who are fearful. You don't want that even around you. Um, you and you start attracting people like you into your life and repelling those out. It's not that you still can't speak the language on the ground. You just don't want to. There's a new language that's better. There's a new energy flow that's better. You start feeling more confident, more courageous. You start living in the abundance, gratitude, love side of life and not the fear side of life. And remember, the fear is taught to us and instilled in it. It's all around us. Mm. And so you can't have poison going into your heart, mind, soul, eyes and ears. All those things we talked about and not be poisonous yourself. And so over time, what happens is no matter what, knowing you're going to make mistakes, but knowing that if you do this work every single day, just small actions, it's face it pays dividends in confidence and courage. It pays dividends in persistence. It pays dividends in resilience. And um, you just start surrounding yourself with those people. Um, and you find those people. And remember, it's about prioritization. There's people that I cannot see for six months to a year. And then we pick up within an hour. It feels like we've talked all year. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff. So over time, it takes time, energy, and work. That's why I'm talking about you can get the instant dopamine hits. And we are tribal creatures. So 
there's that fight or flight too. You know, if we were kicked out of the tribe less than hundred years ago, we'd probably die. Mm. Um, and so now though, you can go find your tribe. And so me, it, it's, it's about the time of building the courage and confidence. And over time, you won't let the people who don't matter matter. And you will repel the negativity out of your life and, and really attract some of the goodness and kindness into your life. And there's some net giving parts of it too. Um, there's, you start, you know, when people tell you horrible things, like if you people, if you ask people, my superpowers, it's, I'm really, and I don't really judge no matter what the situation, there is very rare that you can tell me something business success, life or relationship that I haven't heard or have done. Mm. Um, so I don't get overwhelmed and awed. My job is just to draw the line in the sand, figure out who they are, where they're going, who's coming with them and help them get there in business and success or life or relationships. And so I've developed a superpower of non-judgment. I've developed a superpower of authenticity. I've involved a force field that I don't let all that stuff really get in anymore. Um, and so it's, it's all the work we've talked about. It's the reading, surrounding yourself with positive people, removing the negative, gratitude, visualizations, meditation, prayer, exercise, reading everything you can get your hands on and surrounding yourself with positivity and goodness and limiting the negative. And man, you'll be shocked at how your energy flow changes over time. Shocked. Mm. But, you know, out of, uh, I don't know how many people listen to this podcast. I hope millions. That's what makes the top 10%, the 10%. Hell yeah. So only 10 of a hundred are going to do it. And to take it even worse, only one out of a hundred is going to make it and put it on steroids. That is why the 1% are the 1%. Oh man. I know why you're a coach. <laughs> and I'm this is, this is one of the best conversations I think I've ever had. Um, quick question is where are you at with negative talk? Do you allow me? Yourself, yeah. Do you allow yourself to talk to yourself negative or do you kind of. I catch it fast. Yeah. I catch it really fast and I can feel it. I become so self-aware. And again, you know, that's what we help our ambitious high achievers. The, the number one thing we give them when they come to retreat is clarity, who they are, where they're going, who's coming with them, business and life, depending on where they are, success, money, relationships. Number two is we help them put their self-awareness on steroids. So we take them from ignorance to awareness and then awareness to transformation. So the awareness can be the, and I'm talking about the negative self-talk. The awareness mm -hmm. is the negative self-talk. The awareness is the limiting beliefs. The awareness is the fear-based thinking. The awareness is I'm not enough. The awareness is why am I not successful? The awareness is why am I judging all those people? The awareness is why am I angry? Um, and why do I feel like I'm the only person in the room? And whether that, no matter what it is, we help them become aware. Now, here's the problem with awareness is once you know, you can't unknow, and it can either be an anchor of shame that holds you down if you compete, or you can choose to transformation. And so the retreat's about ignorance to awareness to transformation. We give them a toolbox on steroids of how to do business, success, life, and relationships. A toolbox. We teach them how to be aware and how to transform. And then the mastery, we're talking about being a master in our crafts, is the thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of your heart reps, your mind reps, your soul reps, and your body reps, and your work reps. reps. That's how you become a master and self-confidence and courage. That's how you stop letting people who don't matter matter. That's why you stop. And the negative talk over time limits itself. Still have it. You can never escape it. This is a journey, not a destination. But once you want to be more on the positive self-talk than you are the negative self-talk, but over time you become really aware. You can, you get other people to help you with it. You have a mastermind or community that you can talk about it with it. And you 
bear back down on the tool. So my negative self-talk is pretty low. Um, but I have a team member sitting right over there, but when I'm, they will call me out. Like we have these core values that we live by as a team and as humans. And if I'm, if I'm not on them or not on them, they will kick me in the face. That's how, and, and my, my family and friends will do that too, because that's the type of people I've surrounded them to, you know, the definition of a great friend is one who will tell you're an asshole when you're actually an asshole. Um, and so for me, I have surrounded myself with people like that, but I also have surrounded myself with, Hey, where's my blind spot? Is is this stinking thinking? Is this fantasy? Is this unreasonable expectations of myself or someone else? Um, or is this heart? Um, and so to answer your question, um, it's a, it's, it's not gone. It'll never be gone, man. Mm. Um, the fear will never be gone. It's just what you do with it. Do you fear the feel and do it anyway? Or are you just going to let it define you? Um, and so for me, it's about the inner circle, our mastermind, our community, the colleagues that I have in my job and the, and the, the family and friends I surround myself with, cause they're all just like me now, but I had to clean house in order to get them there. And w- even when we recruit in this team, how we interview, what we look for, the questions that we ask, which seem way out there. Sometimes we we're looking for people like us. That's awesome. Yeah. I appreciate that. It does go away over time, but you got to do the work to limit it. I call it, I call my negative self-talk Ike. Um, I've named him Ike. (laughs) Um, And I have to fire Ike. And my wife will even say, Hey, is this Tommy that woke up today? Or is it Ike? Interesting. Um, so you see, I mean, and I, and I call it also call it the time ago round when I'm not being fully present, when I'm constantly moving. I'm also been told by coaches that I'm a little bit of a visionary, which can cause chaos, in my team, <laughs> which can cause complete chaos. So we have two operators and implementers that keep me on a leash out in the yard while they go get the job done. So I don't distract everybody. So what I've, I've surrounded myself with people who either make me happy or make me better and or net givers. And so that helps as well. I love this. And I love how you give people the tools to do them themselves. I do want to talk about your excursions, your retreats. I know you have the adventure experiences you talked about. It sounds awesome. I'm always up for an adventure. So I kind of want to just let give you the mic and, and talk about these courses. So, so some people thought I was in the coaching and convincing business. I'm really not. We're in the community and connection business. And mm-hmm. we give people access access to a world-class network, access to high achieving men and women, access to people who've been there and done that, um, access to information, access to wisdom through what we do. And the most powerful thing we do is our legendary life foundational retreats. And it's hard for ambitious people, whether they're at the beginning of their career or middle of their career or at the end of their, you know, toward the end to step away from their life and business and concentrate on them. Mm. So that's test one. Um, will they prioritize themselves? Will they take a vacation, an all-inclusive vacation to them, from them, and for them? Yeah. And when they come, when they get the courage and they step away from their business and life for four and a half days, again, we're going to give them clarity, who they are, where they're going, who's coming with them. We're going to give them awareness and then huge tools in leadership, business, life, success, and relationships on how to transform and become a master their heart, mind, soul, and body, and their life, leadership, and business. 
And then we're going to connect them with other world-class people over a four and a half day, pretty intensive, a lot of brain and heart sweat. We do do some Appalachian trail. It's in a beautiful part of the North mountains. It's actually at the lodge. So that's the retreats that we do. Our entry level, we have a community for up and comers who are ambitious and driven, who want to hang out with other people just like them twice a month to share authentic wisdom, to seek, to seek wisdom in their business, to seek wisdom in their career. That's our community. You cannot join our mastermind without coming through our retreat. Our mastermind is our highest level group. Um, but throughout the year, we also do a large event called Your Life, Your Legend. We bring in guest speakers. We, um, it's all about business and success mastery. You know, we, we're, we're doing fun things. It's, they're usually at cool places and there's an element of fun to it. There's an element of connecting and networking to it. But there's also the development of growth. Every single thing we do, it has an element of either business, success, life, or relationship mastery to it. For example, we just did, we have adventure experiences. We just got back from the Isla Mirada, which is in the Keys, the Florida Keys. And we did a culinary and fishing adventure experience. Oh, but for four and a half hours of one of the days, we did a leadership lean in where we were growing leadership. We were growing as men and women. We were growing. Uh, and so no matter what we do, whether it's the community, the mastermind, the experiences, the big event, your life, your legend, or our retreats, our retreats are the biggest and baddest things that we do. Um, that's the things where people transform the most. And that's why we don't let people into our mastermind without going through those. Cause we got to know who we got to discern them and they got to discern us. Mm. Um, but the whole thing, whether it's our adventure experiences, our big events, our retreats, or our monthly, you know, community meets twice a month, the mastermind can meet up to four times a month, but it's really two mastermind meetings is it's all about getting together. The power is in the group. The power is in the men and women. The power is in their wisdom. The power is in, hey, come in. I've got this business challenge. I want to scale my business or I'm not as profitable as I want to be. Or I got this employee I don't know what to do with. Or I don't know why my wife wants to stab me in the eye, but she does. And so, <laughs> I, you know, and I've seen real things happen in kids too. Like we've had, because of social media challenges, you know, men come in, these leaders come in and say, hey, man, my child is struggling. And then four men are like, yeah, we've been there. Here's what we did, how we did it. And here's what the results that's wisdom. Mm. And so this whole thing is built on to being elite in business, success, money, life, and your relationships, mm. not just one in lieu of the other. So, so, you know, we've, we've done some amazing things this year. We've got a whole calendar of events that we just planned in 2024. We've got three retreats left this year, by the way, amazing. we've got two men's and one women's. Um, one's in September, one's women's is October and then another men's in November. Um, so super excited about that. And then we go right into your life, your legend in 2024, which is our biggest event. Um, this is awesome. So that's what we do. You know, we're in the connection and community building in the access building business. We give you access to community. We give you access to connect with other world-class people. And we give you access to information to either you use and apply to grow or you don't, it's totally up to you. And, um, you know, you got to choose to participate in your own rescue. So that's what we do. And it's all based on the the principles of legendary. So if you read or listen to legendary, remember, I will read it to you. If you're not a reader and it's quick, it's fun, it's actionable. Um, I think that's why it's, we're shooting for New York times bestseller this upcoming year. We've hit wall street in USA today, but if you read it or listen to it and it resonates with you and you want to come join one of our adventure experiences or our community or come to one of our big events, welcome home. And so that's what we like to say. Welcome home. This is awesome. Super powerful stuff there. And I want to give the people 
uh, a location of where to find you, where to work with you, where to get the book. Just go ahead and let us know. Yeah. So um, you can find us at www.livelegendary.today. It has all of our upcoming adventure experiences, all of our retreat calendars. It talks about the community, the mastermind, our corporate events, where I'm going to be, where I'm going to be speaking. Um, you can check out the book there. You can also sign up for our Legendary Minute. People seem to love it. It's less than a minute of your day to get inspiration in business, success, leadership, and life. But go to livelegendary.today and it's got everything we do and who we are. And if you pick up Legendary or let me read it to you over Audible and it resonates with you, the principles in the book resonate to you on how to do business, life, and leadership, and you want to come to an experience, you want to come to one of our retreats, you want to come to one of our, join our community or even better, our mastermind. For those of you who are want to, are called to do so, welcome home, man. And um, I'll even say you can reach out to me directly with any questions at Tommy at LiveLegendary.today. But if you want all the information about our upcoming cool stuff, uh, www.LiveLegendary.today. If you want to check out the book, it's at all your favorite bookstores. Again, if you're not a reader, I will read it to you. And if any of it resonates with you and you want to join a like-minded tribe doing cool things with cool people and come experience life and business with us, again, welcome home. <laughs> Everything you just listed too, for people who are like, oh, where, where was that? I didn't write it down. Don't worry. Just scroll down the show notes. I'll link everything. Follow your social media, go to your website, get your book, all that stuff. So just scroll on down. You'll be able to click right there and, and do Here's that. our transparency, uh, you guys, that uh, my internet was just killed due to a, due to a book, big <laughs> storm in the North Georgia mountains. And uh, so we're re-recording this. So there's some transparency and vulnerability for you. But I know I've been bashing the heck go. out of social media. But you can also follow me at Tommy Breedlove. We put good stuff out there too. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Perfect. Dude, Tommy, you've been awesome. Ryan, thank you, Awesome. Brother. Yeah, I absolutely appreciate it. I mean, everything you do, everything you speak, everything you're working on, like you're vulnerable. You're going through it too, which I think is- 100%. I, that's the best, honestly. Like if, if I'm working with a coach, I kind of want to know somebody that they've gone through it too. Yeah. Uh, and that, I really, you know, I don't it. look at any, like I've, to this day, I have two coaches and to this day I run a mastermind, but I'm in one. Um, mm. Maybe even, I think I'm getting ready to join a second one. Um, but what I look for is not, did they take some life coach course at Emory University? I mean, what does that even mean? Right. I look for experience. Right. I look for war scars. I look for their business experience and their life experience. And I look for authenticity. And have they lived there, been there and done it? And we certainly have. And I don't have it all figured out. I'm still working. I'm still working with a therapist. We talked about it earlier on the show. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, this, nobody in the world has it all figured out. Nobody's perfect. And we're all flossing, man. So totally right. request for you, brother. If you will email Thank me you. your mailing address, I'm going to send you a nice, nice, very personalized hard copy of the book, brother. Just so you. Oh, hell yeah. I that's a, hell that's yeah. my give to you, brother. Very Like that I actually awesome. personalize it. I don't just sign my name. I, I really give a nice message too. Thank and you so much. So I'd love much. to get that in your hands soon. And um, yeah. It, I would love that. Displayed perfectly right behind me. I'll move, I'll move Rudy uh, over. You, you put bit. it next to Rudy because we've met. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. But yeah, uh, I appreciate you got it, that. brother. I will definitely you got it. Thank, you, thank you. Let me so jump, much. hop back on, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> anytime. Come back at any time. Got it, well, brother. Tom. Have a you're, great one. You're wonderful. Thank Bye. you.
special shout out to Tommy Breedlove for joining me on this episode. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. This will be one that sticks in me for a long time. And don't be surprised if Tommy comes back on the podcast at some point. His inspiration is just, it's palpable. It's awesome. I love his positivity, his energy. So yes, Tommy, thank you so much and come back anytime you want. Also, please scroll down in the show notes, follow him, go get his book, and also follow me as well. As I mentioned in the intro, I'm at the Pursuit of Happiness podcast on Instagram. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with friends, family, and any other episodes that helps me bring more episodes to more people just like you. And with all that said, I'll catch you next time on the Pursuit of Happiness podcast.